0: 28-21, Jags over the Bengals now, 2.29 to go to the third. The reason the Jaguars have 28 points is because Zach Taylor is a moron. Oh,
1: no, that was crazy.
0: That was the dumbest play call. The Bengals are on their own 25-yard line, and you already try a play that didn't work before where you're throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage to a receiver and getting them to... Throw the ball back across the field. Problem was the Jags saw it coming and lined everybody up in front of him and gave him a big wall and he had nowhere to go. And he throws a damn pick and the Jags start to play or start their drive inside the 10.
1: What were they thinking?
0: I, I I don't know. Trevor Lawrence had the touchdown, by the way. So anybody had a Trevor Lawrence anytime touchdown. He's got two passing touchdowns. You did. You I did. said let's
1: do the tush push
0: with tush Trevor. Tush push.
1: He actually just extended the over.
0: Yeah, that's the traditional way to yeah. do it. But now everybody wants to try and find a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds. Just doesn't. Uh, it's a reason why. Trevor
1: Lawrence is very tall.
0: Yes, that's Jalen you know Hurts. Not tall. You got to use your. Uh, you got to use your strengths to your advantage. Exactly. Right? Got to use you your
1: skills to pay the bills.
0: Stretch out like Michael Jordan in Space Jam. Uh, you can do it if you can just push everybody out of your way like Jalen Hurts. You do that. Exactly. That's that's how it works. As simple as that. All right. So here we go. Bengals marching down the field. Now they are. In Jags territory, inside the 50. They're starting off here about the 42-yard. Uh, oh, my, oh God. my God. Jake Browning exactly just throwing throwing the ball away. All right, let's bring on Patrick Everson, senior reporter, Vegas insider. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say about this game, Patrick, because <laughs> I'm, I, I looked for a while and thought, oh, man, this Bengals offense doesn't belong out here. And then all of a sudden, Jake Browning looks like Joe Burrow, and it's great. But now they decide instead to not throw the football with their quarterback that's playing well, and instead have wide receivers throw the football, and now the Bengals are down a touchdown.
2: That's usually not a good sign, and I didn't get (laughs) to tune into the first part of this. Fortunately, it sounds like, because I was watching my daughter direct a choir, which she did an awesome job with, and I appreciate you sliding me in the lineup here a little bit to make it work, but it sounds like it's a good thing I didn't see what you just described for the Jaguars interception and the subsequent go-ahead touchdown, but... The Bengals are still covering the spread and it sounds like they're and they're driving the football, so I'm just getting dialed in now.
0: Yeah, but the uh the under is dead, so I'm I'm upset. So there I'm you sure go. Point that out. The under's dead. So. How did
1: the books do this weekend, Pat?
2: <laughs> they did terribly, Trista, <laughs> which is good. We did good on our side of the counter. This is yeah. two straight weeks that the public has torn it up. Look. Trista, to give you an idea of just how poorly some of the books did, to now look, generally speaking, they did okay to college. Um, a couple of them were kind of give and take, but nobody really talked about losing college. Generally, they did okay. Some some betters did well. Some books did well, but the NFL, they got slammed. And to just give you an idea, you know, normally, certainly last night there were a ton of money line parlays and probably teasers and so forth running to the Kansas City Chiefs. But even though the Packers won outright. Which ruins moneyline parlays, obviously. Also ruins all teasers, obviously. They still lost. The books did. The public piled up so much with that eight and two against the spread throughout the day. Um, you know, and, and, and enough parlays that were that were live that either or that either finished and didn't go to Kansas City, or who knows? Maybe they took Green Bay, which was good on them if they did that. That's an incredible move. But yeah. Scott Shelton at BetMGM Nevada, he had the, I would say, the odds maker quote of the week. And I'm paraphrasing only slightly because I'm trying to find it on my screen. But uh, what he said was, we took it, we took a rusty axe to the neck <laughs> yesterday. Jeez. Something along those lines. It was, uh, it, it was a, a, like a historically bad day, he said. So uh it, and it would have been i mean a, a bad day not historically bad here's the thing if they'd gone chiefs winning cover it would have been historically bad at least for bedroom jam nevada and i'm been guessing for a whole lot of other odds makers a lot of other sports books so the betters had a really really good day and what odds maker told me before monday night football tonight trista that look even with the chiefs getting beat there were still a, a fair amount of rollover to tonight's game into the jaguars so They were certainly hoping Cincinnati could at least cover. That would be a good outcome. But if Cincinnati comes back and, you know, hangs around and finds a way to win this game, I mean, obviously, that would be uh, a a good win for the books. But um, if the Jags at least win, then a lot of money line parlays are still going to get there. And if the Jags cover, um, it's going to continue. It's been a really good couple of weeks run for the the public uh, on the NFL.
1: I wanted to follow up because you said that they had a a good weekend in college. I don't Mm -hmm. understand this line. Uh, Florida State was a a one-and-a-half point dog this weekend. My biggest bet of the weekend, Pat, was Florida State not only just to win outright, but Florida State minus three-and-a-half, minus five-and-a-half, minus eight-and-a-half. It just didn't make any sense considering how good their defense was. And how did that line shift? I I know the the sharp bettors were were betting on Mm Louisville, but but Louisville's trash.
2: Well, and they found that out. But th- there was definitely sharp play, a good chunk of the way down. I think the public jumped on board a little bit too, kind of buying into that, uh, that line of thought that Florida State was going to be significantly off. And then really, you know, later in the I, I don't, if I recall correctly, it wasn't until a little bit later in the week where it was like, oh, it looks like Rotomaker's not going to play here. Yes. So I think that, and I understand why it probably contributed to it, but I was a little surprised that it ultimately jumped the fence. That's a big, big move, and Louisville didn't really have a great second half of the season. Um, so uh, you you were definitely on the right side. I'm glad you got there in all ways. And uh, you know, look, it didn't work out for the college football player for Florida State, but they did win that ACC championship, and that was uh, that was definitely ultimately the right side to be on. They got a good, they got a tremendous defense, which is uh, which is pretty key.
0: Pat, where was the money going when everything was all said and done before kickoff for uh, Eagles 49ers? Because I can imagine there was obviously a ton of action on that game.
2: Oh yeah, just a ridiculous amount of action. Multiple odds makers talked about this with BetMGM and others, and it was it was I think a little surprising. I kind of felt like it would be a little more two way, but the couple of odds makers that I spoke with on Sunday, as the day was unfolding, Nick noted that it was really solidly, strongly on the San Francisco 49ers, which again, a little bit surprised me. One odds maker said, I kind of, it's 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 one of the weirdest games he's ever seen. Was, he's like, you've got a Philadelphia team that is 10 and one at home, healthy, getting points, and we're not writing tickets to them. Now it's not that they weren't writing anything. There was a fair amount of money yeah. on Philly. There was just a lot more on San Francisco. And then San Francisco, of course, was in the money line parlays and so forth, which, which contributed to the public, you know, the public rolling yesterday. But just a just a weird situation. But obviously, they had it dialed in right because that was sharp play initially. That line opened pick at some places and quickly got bet to Niners 1, one 1.5, ultimately 2.5, and, and then 3. So the Sharps were ahead of the curve on that one, and even the odds makers a little bit because I think some people thought Philly at home should should be at least a short favorite, and they were never – I mean, I think maybe one book opened at Philly 1, and it quickly jumped the fence to, you know, or went to pick and, and then jumped the fence. So – uh, they were on the right side of it. San Francisco, like one odds maker told me last night, he said that team looks like the buzz saw that it was early in the season, and uh, they are going to be—they are a force to be reckoned with.
1: You mentioned the Eagles not taking action at home as underdogs. I'm very—I'm very surprised that they're three and a half point dogs to Dallas, mm-hmm. considering how much of a fraudulent team Dallas is. What are you hearing about that game? That should probably get a lot of action too.
2: Oh, it's going to be tremendous. One odds maker told me on, on Sunday night, Trista, the way he described it is this will be a very high-handled game. And it's in the Sunday night slot just like the Chiefs were last night. So if we have another good Sunday of favorites, Trista, there's going to be a ton of cash rolling into this game. But what the odds maker told me was they actually had, they had Cowboys 2.5 already on the look-ahead line before, you know, before Philly got rocked. And I think it would have adjusted the other way if Philly had gone out and beaten San Francisco, or even if it had been like a really competitive game, maybe it stays two and a half, maybe it stays under three. But he said, look, we reopened minus three after Philly got blown out uh, by San Francisco. But he noted, not that there's any any shame in that. San Francisco's a good team. And he said, this isn't a clear-cut one-sided betting game because I think the public still has trust in Philly overall. And I would agree with that. Why wouldn't you? I think Philadelphia is 7-3-2 and two to the spread. But, um... But they, I think they were kind of anticipating that they might need Dallas this weekend. I know how you, I, I certainly understand how you feel about them. I'm not sure Dallas is the real deal. Dallas got its head handed to it by San Francisco as well. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm not sure that there, there may be some value in Eagles and maybe even Eagles money line. Maybe take a little uh, Chili's money on that.
0: <laughs> we always know there's going to be interest on games that involve the Cowboys, and then you throw in mm-hmm. the Eagles, and like you see. I'm looking at this Thursday night game, Pat. <laughs> Patriots-Steelers. That total is 30. And I don't even like the over in that game. Are, are people at this, like, if games that just involve the Patriots, where is the public going? Where are you seeing? Are people just fading New England the rest of the way? Are they not touching those games? Because I, you know, I wish I did this on Sunday. At one point, the Patriots team total was three and a half, and I looked and said they're not going to score a point. And I should have bet it live, and I didn't, and I'm mad at myself because they lost the damn game six nothing. That was one of the ugliest, awful football games I've ever seen. Right,
2: and it's just it's just odd, unusual, weird to see. Look. The pay, we, I don't think any of us thought the Patriots were going to be gangbusters this season, right. but I don't think anybody saw this coming either. Oh, this is a oh, bad oh. football team. And and as you as you address the total on this game, I mean, I don't know what to do with it either. I mean, if it gets below 30, it's like, eh, hell, do I fire on the over just out of principle? <laughs> I don't know. But what an odds maker told me on Sunday night was we felt like we couldn't make this total low enough. Right. And they opened 32 and a half, and they immediately went to 30 and a half. And as you said, <laughs> it's continued to go down. And what he said, I thought, I just thought it was an interesting quote. It didn't, not so much speaking to what they may or may not need at the end of the week here, but he said, depressing home losses for both teams today. Who knows who's playing QB for either team and oh. who cares? At some point, we expect New England's defense to crack and allow some points. This could be the game. Although he did say this ain't exactly Brady Roethlisberger this week, and uh, I think we can all agree on that.
1: No, you're Right. I, uh, I do not want to jump back to college really fast because the sure. Heisman odds are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You saw Bo Nix yeah. was, was the, the, the heavy favorite really before that game against mm-hmm. Washington, plus I think 120, and now he's mm-hmm. basically off the board at 22 to one. Jaden Daniels is now minus 1400. Like, what are you hearing about the Heisman race?
2: It's I look if the odds makers are on, and the odds makers tend to be on on these kind of things. I, I I think it's you know, I think they're right on this. And I only wish that I'd thought two or three weeks ago, maybe even in maybe even after Daniels had to leave that I watched that Alabama LSU game very closely. I was involved with that. I was at the I was at the Jam Book of right. Biloxi, having a great time, and I watched that game from start to finish. The guy's spectacular. I mean, he's just amazing. And I wish I'd gotten a piece of him. Not that I wanted, I certainly didn't want him to get hurt. But after he got injured, I should have thought, you know what? If he comes back and has a good couple of games, maybe he'll still be in it. But I just really didn't see Knicks, you know, falling back after that point. But boy, the shift as you watch the day unfold, as you watch Friday night unfold, and then throughout the day, Saturday, the odds just kept moving and moving and moving in Jaden Daniels' favor. I get it. Look, I don't think there's a more dynamic player, honestly. I think Knicks needed to win that game and be impressive. And Knicks didn't win that game. So, and they were almost doubled You know, depending on where you look, they were 10-point favorites, 9.5 at most places. But um, Knicks needed to have a really good night. I mean, he had the advantage of getting that extra game in the spotlight that Daniels didn't. But that can be a disadvantage if you don't play well and you don't win. And he didn't, he, uh, it's not that he necessarily played poorly, but they didn't win and they got well behind in that game. So, uh, I understand it and I just wish I'd gotten a piece of Daniels sooner. <laughs>
0: I I'm, I'm I look at the Heisman odds and the fluctuation we've had this entire year, Pat, and then I'm looking at the mm-hmm. NFL MVP odds, and it's kind of been the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at both yeah. of these, mm-hmm. I feel like both have been really as, as volatile as these markets have been in a long, long time, haven't they?
2: Oh, I agree. Super volatile. This has moved around a bunch. I mean, look, you yeah. remember, you got Caleb Williams, great quarterback in his own right, uh, opened as the favorite. You had Penix up there for a while. Penix was a minus-money favorite for a while, and, and as you mentioned, Trista, I believe at most spots, Nick's was minus money going into that Friday night game. So you had, you know, three, four, five, Marvin Harrison climbed the list quite a bit at, at, at one point or another. I don't think he was ever the favorite, but he was right there for for a period of time. So very volatile. And the MVP market, Nick, to your point, very much the same thing. I mean, yeah. you're seeing a lot of fluctuation in these next few weeks. I think you're going to bring about some more. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly would feel... Good If I'd gotten in early on Brock Purdy at this moment, especially off that off that just trashing of the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a good team on their home field and bad weather and they took care of business.
1: Did you talk to any of the bookmakers about how wrong they were uh, about the Pac-12 championship game? Because I told you last week that that line didn't make no damn sense. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So yeah, so what I did is I called them all and I said, listen, I was talking with Trista Crick. And <laughs> she said that line don't that line don't make no damn sense. <laughs> so no, I think look, there was, you know, some books opened at like eight, eight and a half. Bet MGM opened at eight eight and a half. And Seamus McGee said, look, it was the sharp money that pushed us up to nine and a half. We had to we had to go with the flow on that but there were certainly uh, uh, believers in in Washington there and it was one that maybe the oddsmakers got wrong but they all but they didn't do bad to it for sure i mean a couple of different oddsmakers told me on saturday and sunday hey that game worked out very well for us like one one oddsmaker literally used the word terrific so that game was terrific for us so the public which legitimately the public was was pretty invested on Oregon as well along with the sharp play on the early number
0: Patrick Everson, Vegas insider. We talk to him every Monday. Always look forward to it, my friend. Good nice
1: stuff, Pat.
2: Absolutely. Have a great week, and uh, tell that Ryan friend of yours to get well. I know. Get
1: well soon, Hopefully, Ry.
0: maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, we'll see him soon. That's that's the hope. So 28-21, Jags still up, but uh, we got the Bengals knock, knock, knocking at the door here. 11-02 to go in the fourth quarter, and uh, I, you got to make up for that disaster that they had earlier throwing an interception I that just I I can't get over what that was good God 28 21 11.02 two to go it's Bad MGM tonight